Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human on High FM 101.9. And today my topic is losses and gains in time of COVID. I'm on my own, I'm my own guest, but I would like to dedicate this program to Bongan Kosi Minyandu, known by all of us at High as DJ Flo, who passed away last Thursday. And it really is with great sadness that I dedicate this program to him, but also with a sense of gratitude for knowing him. And I will be discussing a bit of disenfranchised loss uh, shortly. And that is the loss that's not always recognized by other people. And one of those losses is the loss of a colleague at work. And I know that many of you, at High FM are really mourning the loss of DJ Flow, and um, and it, it's not always a recognised loss. So while I can't see you, I can't put my arms around you and offer you comfort. I do offer you the comfort of my thoughts and my words. I would also like to just thank Wussy and Craig who have gone on keeping us on air and with great courage done so as well. And then I would also like to thank uh, people who sent messages last week. I also need to thank Kathy Kayla for actually uh, helping me with my live feed, which I have honestly found a bit of a problem with. So there was thanks to Sandra and Sharon and Wendy for messages last week, which I only picked up afterwards. You can SMS me on 34519 or you can telegram on 061 Eight nine five one zero one nine, and I will certainly hope to pick that up. Now, uh, we've also I've also got two YouTubes that I will be playing during this program in honor of Rabbi uh, Tversky, who passed away on Sunday. And uh, Rabbi Tversky, many of you know for his books uh, on, but that he used with a peanut uh, comic strip that he actually did. Were with uh, Charles Schultz, the illustrator of Peanuts. And the one in particular which I love is Waking Up Just in Time, which is a fantastic book. So I've got two very short YouTubes by him. Now, what I would like to say is that last year we were put into this absolute panic mode of this coronavirus pandemic. And for most of us, we thought, oh, well, you know what? All right, so we'll get through the first three weeks. Then it was the next few months. Then it was the following. And so we are this uh, many months later, and we are still coping with this pandemic, which is raging, and um, and we generally are living in, in a type of isolation, and which is uh, very difficult for for a lot of us. The one thing I also want to say is that we've got to be very careful that we do not go into this trap of hearing uh, that someone has passed away and we say, 
oh, is it was it COVID? <clears throat> and then we we go on to say, well, thank goodness it wasn't COVID. If it wasn't COVID, or you know, someone will say, oh, was it just cancer? Well, I mean, really, I think we need to understand where our priorities are, and our priorities are in actually reaching out to help one another, and um, and helping each other talk about what is going on. Right now, we are dealing with many different types of losses. The the loss of safety, the loss of, of knowing what the future holds. I know many of my friends and certainly me and my, my family are all really missing our, our, our children and grandchildren who live in other parts of the world and can't get, we can't get to see them and they can't get, get here to see us. And while I do recognize and people will, this is one of the gains definitely is that on social media, we are able to connect and stay connected, but it's not the same as actually playing with the grandchild, sitting down, having a meaningful face to face conversation with a family member or a friend. It isn't the same. And we need to give ourselves permission to actually recognize that. Do you know that just now listening to that song that came on just before my program, uh, it was called Summer Rain, and I thought, well, how appropriate, because right now it is, um, we are having wonderful rain today, and we have for the last week or so, fantastic rain. And one of the things that, the one of the words in that song was that life can be cruel and kind, and um, that forgiveness comes. And sometimes I think we need to also be we be kind to ourselves. Do you know that on um, I I am I hate cooking, absolutely loathe cooking. And um, my grandmother always said, you know, don't don't bother to go into the kitchen. Really, if you've got something else to do, do it. And I think I've told you that her other very good uh, advice to her grandchildren, especially her granddaughters, was spend your husband's money because if you don't. Someone else will. So Viktor Frankl said that humor is a weapon of the soul. So when I was in the kitchen, uh, and I have been cooking this whole time of COVID, and uh, can't say I enjoy it, but I had music on, and Dolly Parton's um, song, um, Coat of Many Colors, happened to come up. Now, normally it's a song that I enjoy singing along to, but on Friday, I found myself crying along to it. And I thought to myself, you know, what are you crying for about um, <laughs> the coat of many colors? And I was crying for so many things that I, that I have been missing in this time. It is the social interaction with family and with friends. And you know what? I actually... Thought to my, I started laughing at myself, I must admit, but then I thought to myself, well, good for you. You know, it is a weapon of the soul. And, um, and tears are, as I've said before, tears are to the, the soul what a good physical workout is to a body. And it, it actually does cleanse your soul. And I felt better. I can't say I felt better about cooking, but I certainly felt better uh, just letting that emotion out. And we have to sometimes give ourselves permission. And while we give ourselves permission, we should also allow other people and give them permission. And I think especially 
our children and our grandchildren at the moment. They are coping with many, much uncertainty and a lot of fear. If we are feeling fear as adults, uh, I do see that the younger generation are feeling such fear of making the older generation ill. And, um, uh, you know, every now and again, my husband forgets that his mask has kind of come off his nose and will try and hug one of his grandchildren and they will say, uh, and we, we, I might add, we are really socially distanced with our children and only see a couple at a time, then very uh, covered up, masked and what have you. But every now and again, his mask will slip down a bit and one of his grandchildren will sort of will say, Zayda, put your mask on and try and get away from him as far as possible. So, and, and, and he said, you know what, I can't stand this not being able to hug my grandchildren. But the fact is, it's not... It's not what he actually wants in this. It's also what the grandchildren want. And their fears, and I think many of my friends are saying the same, that they are finding that their grandchildren have got a lot of fear about their grandparents' health. So this is something that we need to also recognize. There is this loss of safety in this pandemic and a feeling of, well, you know, where where are we going to feel safe? And I do think that even going into our normal daily routine that we used to take for granted, going to the shops, doing a bit of shopping, has become quite stressful now. And um, and actually one of the stressful things also is that you don't always recognize everybody who is there. And <laughs> I do find that quite a, a Difficult as well. Right now, Craig is telling me we're just going to advert. Thank you, Craig. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Why should you? This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 Hi FM. In case you didn't know, uh, February the 1st was Car Insurance Day, the perfect reminder to reevaluate your current car insurance. SMS out to 40251 or call 086006000 for a quote and out insurance could save you money. If they can't, you can ask them for 500 rand or 1,500 rand if you've been claim-free and with the same insurer for three years. That's out, O-U-T, to 40251 or call 0860060000 and let the celebrations begin. Outsurance is a a licensed insurer and FSP, TS, CS and standard rates apply free SMS. So this is Sue Jackson and I'm on Finding Human and we I'm talking about the loss and gains that we have encountered in this time of COVID. I think we have all been really humbled by the transitory nature and the fragility of life. Um, when I say the fragility of life, uh, I mean that life is so transitory it um, it comes and it goes. Just uh, just wait wait one moment. I just want to answer Craig. Uh, Craig, it's after the next advert. Thanks very much. Um, it's was for that YouTube. Um, 
So it's this transitory nature of life that there is a beginning and there is an end to life. And I think if we could live with that every day, not in fear, but in actual knowledge that life is demanding something of us. It's what Viktor Frankl calls the demand quality of life. That life demands something of us moment by moment. And we are being called at the moment collectively to stand up and do what we can to help one another. And when I say collectively, I think this is what's happened, that we we are in uncharted territory, but we are all in this territory. Some of us feeling it a lot worse than others, but let's face it, it's all uncertainty. And collectively, we might have a different perspective, each of us, but collectively we are seeking something that can actually help us through this. And, and what do we, what can we do? Um, we, we can actually choose our attitude, which is what Viktor Frankl always talks about. And he always says when all our choices seem to, when we seem to have no choices left, what do we have left? It's in our attitude. And that attitude is, is really something that we all need to look at. We have all come across loss, um, many of it to the pandemic, but otherwise in many other ways. And the other ways that we've come across it have been in the, the, the feeling that we suddenly are not secure. We don't know what's happening. Uh, we, we don't know what's going to be happening this afternoon or tomorrow. And we are having to live in the moment. What is this time asking of us now? And even if we're going to a supermarket, sometimes walking in there, you feel the sudden sense of, of anxiety. And what do we do? We, we look around and we see, has everyone got masks on? Are they too close? Are they not close enough? Or, I mean, too close or, or have they not, um, got their mask on properly? Heaven forbid somebody should sneeze or cough while the supermarket comes to a standstill. I was a few weeks ago, I was in a, in a queue at a supermarket and we were very socially distanced and someone happened to cough. And they did cough into their, uh, their, their, um, elbows. But the strange thing was they took their, their mask off. I was hoping that they'd leave their mask on as they coughed. Well, I must admit, I've never seen a queue empty quite so quickly. And the person who coughed, I couldn't help wondering if they hadn't done it deliberately because uh, all of a sudden they were left alone almost in the queue to go through. So, you know, we can't actually deny what's, what's happening around us. And, um, we need to also understand that everyone is dealing with this differently. Now, how differently? Well, some people are really dealing with it in a very negative way. It's called a negative bias where every, everything they talk about is negative. And negativity attracts negativity. And I, I'm sure you have all experienced that. When you get onto a, 
onto a conversation on, on the radio or wherever you might be. And I mean, on the radio, listen to me, on um, the cell phones or social media in any way. And you're hearing about what was said in this podcast and that podcast. And people are already talking about the third wave. Well, you know, let's cope with the wave we're in at the moment. And let's, let's cope with what we, we're handling. So this negative, negativity breeds negativity. And it's very, very exhausting, especially when you yourself are trying so hard to keep positive. So how do we counter this positivity? We can't be, I've said before, Pollyannas, uh, and, and be this optimistic, happy person all the time. But I do believe that we need to start focusing on what is going right. What are we actually, what is happening in our world right now and in our circles of friends? What's going on that is actually working, that is going right? And if we all stop and see what's going right, we will help each other. We will bring, we will counter this negativity by being a bit of bringing in optimism, focusing on our strengths and leveraging our strengths. And we all have strengths. We've all come through life, no matter what age you are, you have learned strengths along the way. And if you've forgotten those strengths, I would suggest that you actually sit down and you write out your strengths, remembering how you managed to get through certain times of turmoil in your own life. If it's a child, how did they manage when they went into grade one initially, when they were feeling fear? What got them through that those first, that first day? How did they manage? The following day, hopefully, to make a friend. What did they do to make friends? How did they help other children cope with starting school if they started at a later time? So we need to bring our children back to times when they felt empowered. And at the same time, we have to start looking at ourselves and seeing where we felt empowered. Because right now, that feeling of empowerment is beginning to fade. And especially as this pandemic goes on, but we will get through it. And that's what we've got to actually focus on. You know, Viktor Frankl, in the midst of, of his, the terrible trials in the concentration camps, said that he focused on something that was beyond what he was actually experiencing. And that was he saw himself in a very well-lit, warm auditorium, giving a lecture on his experiences in the camps to a, a, a big group of people and they were how they were accepting it. And he, he visualized this. So in other words, he lifted himself out of that moment of huge despair, huge discomfort that was he was in, and took himself to a place in his mind that was good, that was healing. And that, of course, did eventually transpire. But he said we all have that ability within us to actually lift ourselves up and do it. And I have seen this again and again 
I've seen it in my work when I was nursing. I've seen it in um, in working um, with people who are, have terminal illness. And I have seen it in people coping with loss and grief. And um, I think it's an amazing thing to actually help our children. What is it that you want to do when when you when this is over? What would you most like to do? Let them give you a lovely story of what they most want to do. Let them lift themselves out of this. And I think this is one of the gains of this time of of COVID has been the creativity that people are coming out with. I cannot actually believe it. Last week, my guest, uh, Dr. Kanda, uh, spoke about this creativity in himself and how he had harnessed it. And I'm seeing it again and again. And I've also seen it in, in people in businesses, running businesses, who said that initially they went into the state of freeze, a freeze mode of, oh, my word, this can't be happening. Uh, I'll never get out of it. Nothing to be done. And then gradually, as they allowed other thoughts to begin to come in, the thoughts were of, all right, perhaps I should try this or that, and in that way, they moved out of this freeze mode into a, a place of movement and of stepping forward into life instead of allowing life to actually hold them back. And that is a choice we all have. And if you look around and you see how unbelievably creative people are coming. I even notice it, I must admit, with the, the beggars on the side of the roads. They're coming up with new sayings. They're coming up with, with um, uh, new things that they're selling. Obviously, people are also giving them stuff to sell. But there's creativity going on all around us. And then, of course, one of the main creativities that we need to harness and tap into and as I'm listening to the rain falling outside, it is the natural resources that are around us. We especially are so lucky. Not everyone in our continent or certainly our country or other countries around the world where they might live in concrete jungles. If we are fortunate, fortunate enough to have a garden, just thank heavens every day for the fact that you can walk outside that there is beauty all around you and start noticing it more and more this and in that way this this negative bias the negativity of people try and try and keep away from that they very definitely there are toxic people in our lives, in all our lives, but don't we should ourselves not become one of those toxic people. And it's very easy to actually be caught up in the sense of, of doom and gloom. And if someone's saying to you, yes, but I heard this and did you hear this about um the the the, va- the vaccines and this isn't working and that's working and I don't know if I'm gonna have it and all of a sudden you start doubting yourself and actually getting caught up in the negativity that's being spoken. And uh, it takes courage to actually say, hang on a sec, uh let's not go down that route. Let's talk about something else. And right now, there is, as I said, this, this fragility, this transitory nature, the fragility of life. And it is humbling. 
And, and that humbling, that humility is something we can also harness. It actually can make us appreciate what we do have in the world, what we do have in one another, and we can choose how we react in this. And so often that grat- that choosing is in actually gratitude for what's going on around us. Now, the other thing that I really need to talk about today is that this grief in the time of COVID is is often done in isolation at the moment. And um, it's, even if it's unrelated to this pandemic, it is still that the, the funeral is limited and or sometimes not even at all. And the, the, the comfort that we normally get from people visiting, from people talking is not there um, coming physically to us. But, you know, um, I think it was Dopa who's, who wrote something the other day about it's not physical distancing. We must start talking about um, it's, it's the physical distancing. It's not the social distancing. So while we can't physically be with one another, socially we can still connect. And we need to be there because um, this pandemic is very definitely affecting grief in so many ways. Um, and I think it's adding a lot more anxiety to the feelings of, of grief. And, and uh, you're hearing so many stories at the moment of, of what's happening in this time of grief with people and, and the loneliness that can be uh, felt as well. Um, what I would also like to say is that there is a feeling of disenfranchised grief, which is what I mentioned with DJ Flo. It's, and, and this I'm also hearing about a lot lately. We are now hearing about so many more losses in our community or in the workplace. And I think it's hitting everybody. And we need to understand that in the workplace, it's being felt, but often ignored. People are having to get back because people are fighting for their businesses to actually go on. And they're having to get back with the seat next to them or the till next to them with the person who used to be there um, is no longer being occupied by that person. And there is a sense of grief and loss and gloom. And we need to actually find rituals to cope with this. And if, if you're in a, in a work situation and this should happen, there are rituals that you can do, perhaps a religious ritual. If, if you're, if your company is religiously affiliated or, um, ask, ask your, the people who work with you, how would they like to remember the person? And you know what's coming out really very strongly is that in our country, especially where we have so many different cultures and, and ways of, of, and rituals, we're rich, we're actually very rich in rituals and, um, we can, we can actually encourage each other. How would you like to remember this person? Would you like to bring in a flower? Would you like to plant a tree? Would you like to light a candle? Would you like to just talk about them? And even if you give each person a chance to say something, it is being, the grief is being recognized and 
and we are healing ourselves. And once when we heal ourselves and reach in and heal ourselves, we very definitely also reach out to others. And in that, it's a, it's a two way, it's a two way thing. And then someone has told me the other day that they had lost their pet in this time of lockdown and started to cry as they told me so. And my heart actually broke for them because I know what this pet meant. This pet was a relief of isolation. It, it was love. It was contact. It was, it was physical contact, recognition. It was a sense of responsibility towards this pet. All of a sudden, all of that was taken away. Now, in the midst of the isolation of pandemic, losing this pet, other people, I think, found that uh, the person's reaction was overdone. But there is no such thing as an overdone reaction. Everyone reacts in their own way. And um, and that is something that we, we really must recognize. We're going to add an uh, ad break, and then we're going to be having a short clip by Rabbi Tversky. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and we're now going to be listening to Rabbi Tversky on his YouTube. I believe that we can look upon this as a wake-up call, because I think that um, in the last uh, 40 years, our lives have undergone a very significant change. Technology has made life comfortable and pleasurable, right? And it has taken many hardships out of life. I mean, when I was a kid, right, in the 1930s, life was not easy, right? But now life has become in so many ways so easy that we are, we don't have the means for dealing with, with hardship, right? So, uh, what uh, I would like people to know is, look, we have the reality, uh, but hardship is not fatal, right? Why is it a wake-up call? Because I think we have to start thinking in terms of who am I, uh, what is my, the purpose of my life, right? What do I hope to achieve in my 80 or 90 years on, on this world, right? Uh, if, uh, you know, I, I sometimes say, I've attended many people in the last days of life. Never have I heard anybody say, my only regret is that I haven't spent more time in the office. Right? It doesn't happen. right? Because what happens is that when people look at their life retrospectively, they realize that they left out many of their values of a life. Well, why don't we become wiser right? when we're in a time where we can do something about it instead of when we're, when we're terminal? Right? So I think that the uh, fact that we have lived so much of a commercial life industrialized uh, and I'm not going to be I'm not going to pitch religion because unfortunately there's been a lot of drawbacks in organized religion and people have lost faith in organized religion but I wrote a book about spirituality where I said spirituality can stand independent of religion right? spirituality means being the best human being that you can right meaning thinking about uh, a purpose in life, because animals can't do that. Only human beings can do it. Thinking about how you can improve yourself and become a better person. Animals don't seek to improve themselves. 
trying to help others, strangers. Animals don't do that, right? Being able to delay gratification. Being able to make moral decisions, what's right and what's wrong, right? Animals can't do that. Animals are driven by their body. If, if the animal wants something, it has to go get it. And it can't think whether it's right or wrong, right? So I pointed out there are so many things that are unique about the human being. And I take all of those 12 or 13 or 14 uniquenesses, put them together, and I says, this is the human spirit. And that is what makes us different than animals. Now, if you implement all of these things, then you are implementing the spirit and you are being spiritual. Right? And one can be spiritual and have a feeling of self-worth of being a spiritual being right? without even having a belief in God or being in any religion. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and I'm back talking about the loss and the gains in in this pandemic, in the COVID pandemic. You can SMS me on 34519, or you can WhatsApp me on 61 a message has come through on my, my phone saying, I'm feeling very depressed. I've actually lost my sense of identity and um, th- uh, through loss of work. Now, I'm sure a lot of you can actually understand this loss. Now, this once again, people will be saying, um, well, you know, at least you don't have COVID. That is not the point. The point is there is grief in the midst of COVID. And it's, it is this, the grief of, of what was, of, of what is no longer there. There are multiple losses in, in this time of, of COVID. And if you're feeling depressed, thank you for your message and thank you for actually reaching out to me because sometimes reaching out is one of the very first steps of actually getting help for ourselves. Now, the M has a helpline. The, the, all the different churches are offering helplines. I know the mosques are also, and the synagogues, um, the South African Depression, um, uh, Depression Society is also offering help. And I really suggest that you actually help, you, you do reach out for this help. Um, during this pandemic, there is this, this, fear and anxiety, which can be totally overwhelming. And it can cause very, very strong emotions. You know, Kubler-Ross spoke about the, the stages of grief. Well, subsequently, she changed that to say that they are not in a linear fa- form, that they come in many different uh, ways. But, you know, it was shock, denial, uh, anxiety, distress, anger, sadness, uh, loss of sleep, of appetite, of um of, of fear of going out, of, of re-engaging with community again. And um, that's exactly what's happening. And at the moment, there's also, on top of that, it's, it is the fear of, of unemployment, of not making enough money to actually educate your children or to keep, keep your lifestyle going. And these losses can, can happen at all at the same time, and they can actually complicate uh, grief if you've lost someone and these are on top of that. So we need to understand and recognize that what we're feeling in COVID is a sense of grief. The other thing I also want to say that some people have told me that when they have said that uh, 
their uncle or aunt has has passed away by uh, on COVID, died of COVID. People have said, um, oh, it's almost like a casual thing. Oh, okay, but it's the same. The, the same thing is happening on the other side when people are saying my uncle died of cancer, and someone will say, oh, at least it wasn't COVID. But in actual fact, does it matter what people are actually dying of? It doesn't matter. The feelings are there. And I heard of someone just in the Cape a few weeks ago who was actually uh, had cancer and was really right at the last stages of cancer in hospital and was sent home, well, sent back to their place of retirement because there were no more beds because of COVID. Now, the family were incredibly shocked by this, and you can understand that shock. And people said, yes, but, you know, they needed beds for COVID. But at the same time, let's recognize what that family felt like. They felt that perhaps their loved one would have lived a bit longer if they were allowed to uh, actually stay in um, in that hospital, which uh, is, is not, of course, possible. Then, of course, what I want to also talk about is that um, the, the, it, there is courage in suffering. And Viktor Frankl spoke about this so often. And I was actually looking for a paper that I wrote and um, um, just hang on a sec. Sorry, uh, Craig, yeah, I'm on. Um, I actually have been on Craig. I don't know if you can hear me. Okay. Sorry, we're going back to another ad break. Sorry about that. Uh, it's me a bit confused today. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and Craig is telling me that already I, I need to actually uh, wrap up. But what I would like to just tell you is that tomorrow evening at 5 p.m., um, Audrey Wana and I will be doing a, a, a webinar for the Low Vision Center on using logotherapy to cope with loss of vision. If any of you are interested in this, please contact uh, the Low Vision uh, Center. It's, you'll find it on, on Safari, and you can or you can speak to Belinda Liebowitz on zero seven two one five four one double nine two. That is tomorrow evening, and I would like to just end with this: that um, be a lamp, a lifeboat, a ladder, help someone's soul heal. Walk out of your house, house like a shepherd. And that's Rumi. And then also by Ram Das, he says, we're all just walking each other home. So let's walk beside one another. Let's support one another as we walk through this pandemic. We will get through it with, by connecting with one another and by remaining open to what is happening to each, to other people around us, offering them support and getting the support we need. Thank you so much, Craig. I think you're going to be playing one of uh, um, Victor Frankl, listen to me, Twersky's, um, Rabbi Twersky's YouTubes.
Thank you. I think it's important for a person, in order to have a feeling of self-worth and a feeling of self-esteem, to have a purpose in life. Living a purposeless life, um, you know, so what, what kind of significance is that, right? And tell the story of two vagrants who were arrested for loitering, right? And uh, the judge asked one guy, what were you doing when you were arrested? He says, nothing. He asked the other one, what were you doing when you were arrested? He says, I was helping him. If you're helping somebody who is doing nothing, you're doing nothing, right? We have this kind of domino thing where everybody's helping everybody else, but nobody has an idea of what it's for. So I think we have to have a sense of purpose. And this may be where religion comes in, that religion says, no, the world wasn't a big accident. It was created for a purpose. And if you don't know what that purpose is, investigate, right? Look for a purpose in life. My example is this. Uh, what kind of things have value to us? I tell people, go home and look at what kind of things you own. Right? There are some things that are uh, aesthetic, ornamental. They have no function, but they're ornamental. And there are some things that have a function, and their value is in their function. Okay, well, what is my function? Is my function coming home from work, kicking off my shoes, putting on the slippers, sitting in front of the TV with a six can of beer? Yeah. That's not a function that can make anybody proud of being who a self one is. So I think that uh, in order to get a good sense of self-worth, and by the way, to give it to our children also, we have a purpose. What is my purpose in life? We look for purpose. Right? There was a very uh, great rabbi who says, the looking is the finding. Right? Search. Yeah, It's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right? But as you search, you, know, you develop your... Uh, traits, you develop your skills, uh, you develop your uh, philosophy of life, begin to search. Too many people don't search. Everything is taken for granted. This is the way the world is. So I think that we have to search for purpose. Many people will find a humanistic purpose. My purpose in life is trying to make life better for others. My purpose in life is trying to do something about the environment, right? Uh, to, uh, to avoid acid rain, whatever. Okay. My purpose in life is to trying to do something about famine in Ethiopia. Uh, you can find a purpose, but you have to look for a purpose. Too often, people just go along, traveling along from day to day, without giving any thought into purpose. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.